in the beginning, what comes next? God created the heavens and the earth. Also in the beginning, and the word, and the word, there's a special term in Hebrew for when they do this literary device where they'll, they'll do something where they, like it's been imprinted on you that everybody knows like in the beginning God created, right? And so you can like fill in the rest of that sentence, but then literally they'll say that and then they'll pivot to something else so, so that you can connect it in your head. So it's like, oh, this is the answer to that thing, which is awesome. If you were to ask me, uh, what that Hebrew word is for that, I will tell you to ask me again after I've had a chance to go look it up. I don't remember it, but it's cool. All right. Um, so here, we'll put them up here. So God created the heavens and the earth, Genesis 1.1. And then John 1.1 was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. Um, I want you to take a look at this right here. If you can't really see it, that's okay. Basically, all of those colors, that's the spectrum that our eyes as humans can see, right? So kids, there's these things called wavelengths. It's like waves in the water, but they're actually like sound and light and all these other things where there's these wavelengths. But our human eyes can only see that sliver. Do you guys see that little sliver up there? That's what we can see with our physical eyes. Like, did you know that bees can see something like 64 times the amount of colors than our eyes can? Isn't that fascinating? Like, that's cool to me. That's cool that when you're talking about, like, actual sight, there's a spectrum that we can't see that's all around us every day. We can't even see it. We can't even comprehend. Like, I look forward to the day that when we're in our new bodies with Jesus and we can actually see everything. Like, did you know that there's snakes that see some of these, but they see it as heat. They see infrared heat. Like their eyes can comprehend heat. Isn't that fascinating? I'm really loud right here in this corner. It shoots right back at me. Anyways, it's distracting. Um, they can see heat, which is like, I don't know, crazy to me. You also have the sound side of this, right? So you have, here's an, another little visual for you. You've got like elephants that are on ways that like they can communicate in, in sounds that our ears can't hear on the deep side. If you want a funny elephant story or a few of them, come find me sometime. I've got some funny elephant stories from when I was overseas. But they can communicate for like seven miles away in tones that we can't hear. Isn't that fascinating? That's awesome, right? And then you've got like dogs. Everybody knows like the dog whistle, right? Like that's super high that we can't hear on the other side of that spectrum, right? But then past that, you look at like bats and dolphins. I'm sure there's more. But like the fascinating thing is like they can communicate in sounds that even dogs can't even hear. And like you've got this spectrum, right? So going back to this one, you have an eyesight spectrum. You have a hearing spectrum, right? That we just have this small sliver in our human bodies that we can comprehend, Right? How much greater also is the spiritual spectrum, right? Where, you know what, seeing angels, seeing demons, seeing God do things, like the things that God has created, where he wants to expand us, where we're like, we see this little sliver, and we're like, if I don't see it in this little sliver, it doesn't exist. But look up there. Like that little sliver is what we can say, 
I can see it. There we go. There's a lot that exists that we can't see that's around us all of the time, right? Like, who here would be like, man, I, I want God to expand what I can see, what I can hear, what I can know in the spiritual sense. Like, I know I want that. And like, I desire that God increases my hunger for that. Like, how many of us want to walk in a way that's like, man, if God can create stuff and he, and he can do all this stuff, like, if I'm his son, I want to have a bigger taste of what he does. Yeah? Like, anyways, we're going to go back to two things. This right here is, is these wavelengths, and I'm going to show you two videos. And this has to do with something called semantics. Okay? So the first one that I'm going to show you is a guy that's literally taking these little beads, but he also does this with water. You can go find it on YouTube or I can send you links, but there's, it's really cool. And he's, they've got this really um, coordinated sound waves that go from one to the next, right? And he, he puts these sound waves in there, and then he puts these beads in. And literally things that are dense that should go straight down to the bottom will literally sit on the frequencies when it's at the right frequencies. It's like levitation of things, okay? I want to show you that one, and I'll explain why in a minute, and then I'll show you another one. So let me do this. All right. Um, let's put it up to like uh, a minute 35. So these are scientists that are working with, see those are water droplets there. Okay, we'll get it to load here in a second. So he's having water at this point. He's having water. I don't know if you guys can't hear it, but basically he's having water sit That's on these Benmore, wavelengths. A physicist with Argonne National Laboratory who uses this gravity-defying technology. We spoke to him to find out how acoustic levitation works and what exactly it's used for. Walk us through what acoustic levitation is and how it works. Acoustic levitation uses sound waves to generate a force to uh, counteract gravity. It was developed um, primarily by NASA in the 60s and the 70s to do ground-based experiments on looking at the effects of anti-gravity uh, on Earth. And can you walk us through the different components of the device that you have there and, and how the sound waves actually come together to produce the levitation? These transducers basically drive uh, this, these horns, the silver part. So this horn will vibrate at 22,000 times a second up and down to generate a sound wave. And we have a match transducer down here and horn, and that will generate another sound wave. And when these two waves interact, you'll get a, a, what's called a standing wave. So they'll cancel in places and they'll reinforce in others to create nodes and anti-nodes. And uh, those particular Places where they cancel, you can put an object in and you can levitate. All right, well, let's see this in action if you wouldn't mind giving us a demo. Right now, I've created a standing wave. These horns, which I'm not going to touch, are, are vibrating at 22,000 times a second, creating a standing wave. And so I can put an object in that little cavity where the, where the two standing waves cancel. In fact, there are several cavities. Isn't this awesome, by the way? Objects. And so if I have this brass rod here. This is what I do sometimes in my spare time. Is I watch like if I 
come in from the side with my hand, you see I get some reflections, I will disturb it more. So I will interfere. Is there anything particularly special about the right, sound let's pause this one. themselves, or is it more? Let's go to the next one, Alex. So this one, did you guys see that? He does it both with water, but also other physical objects, where he puts these things on the actual sound waves. Like, that blew my mind the first time. I was like, wait a second, what in the world? Are you kidding me? Like, dude is levitating. He plays around with this thing, and he moves the water droplets up and down based on a knob where he keeps changing the frequency. And I'm like, what in the world? This is awesome stuff. All right? I love it when, well, by the way, I've got a teaching degree and a science background, and so sometimes I, I get fascinated with some of these science things. You guys get to inherit some of that stuff. This one, the guy is using sound waves and sound frequencies to lift rocks. Let's see if we can get that one going. Isn't that awesome? That's real. They're using sound waves to lift rocks. Which, that's a... Uh, well, I'll let you watch it for another second. All right, perfect. Um, raise your hand if you're like, that was pretty cool. Raise your hand if you're like, that was really weird. I never thought I would see that at church on Sunday. That's okay. That's what you get with me sometimes. This stuff is awesome, though, to me. Because, like, I look back at the Scripture, and I read things about the Scripture, right? And so when it says, God spoke, and this thing happened. God spoke, and that thing happened, and God spoke. And so when I find science, it's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. There's more to voice than I had, I had thought the first time. There's, like, this is not just a, like a theoretical. No, he actually spoke. Like, I, I remember thinking at the first time that I, I was thinking of, if you took a vacuum and you took one molecule of anything, and I don't care what that molecule is. We, you know, those of you that haven't got there yet with science, you'll get there. But adults, most of us know that like you've got protons and neutrons, and then you've got these electrons that go around them, and they're like, they're super excited, like shake all the time. Even if you had one molecule of one thing, I don't care what that one thing is, you put it in a vacuum, you're going to have these electrons moving. Anytime that there is movement with an electron, there's something called a P wave, a sound wave that gets emitted. So even in a vacuum, you're going to have a sound wave. And I start thinking to myself, you're telling me that the very basics of matter, of everything physical that we know, is literally held together by sound. Matter cannot exist without the presence of sound. And then you look back at, in the beginning, God said, let there be light, and there's light. God said, hey, I'm going to do this. God said, God said, God said. And in a single word, literally everything is held by the sound of his voice. Everything is held by the sound of his voice. And he starts saying, man, that is pretty cool. Wait a second. So you could, like, all of these things that are possible, like, you know, then I start going down these rabbit holes. Like, if you could levitate rocks, and we know that people were super smart back in the day, right? The people that made the pyramids in Egypt, they weren't, they weren't dumb, right? I start questioning, did they know more about sound than I did? Did they create that with sound instead of like 10,000 years of carrying bricks? Well, maybe they, maybe they said, you know what? We got a better plan than that. I don't know, right? Again, I'm not preaching that that's how they did it, I don't know. I wasn't there. 
but I just know that there were some people that understood things that we didn't know. Like I think back into Noah's time, right? Noah, does anybody know off the top of your head how old was Noah when he died? Nine hundred and fifty years old. You think you can figure some stuff out in nine hundred and fifty years? Without TV, so you got plenty of time on your hands? Without your switch, without Minecraft, you had some time, right? Nine hundred and fifty years, you could figure some stuff out. I want to know what they figured out, but I think that some of the things that from that and then right after the flood, some of the stuff that they were doing, we're still today trying to figure out. How in the world did they place these massive, like, multi-ton boulders without, like, you can't even slip a piece of paper through? You guys know what I'm talking about in South America? It's like, man, that's like a marvel. Like, how did you guys do that? I, I don't know, but I think sound might have been part of it, right? A hundred years. That's a great guess. That's a better guess than mine, right? All right, so this right here. There's a, a lot of science experiments where people have done stuff like this. So what you have right there is I want you to picture a glass of water. And under that glass of water, there's a light, a yellow light, okay? And then what they did is they put that glass of water with the light on top of a speaker where they could actually manually adjust frequencies, right? So all of these, like, really ornate designs are just different frequencies. Isn't that awesome? Like, think about that. Like, look how many beautiful things are created just by different frequencies of sound. Right? So another thing that they end up doing is, uh, here's another example of that. Like, look at those. Like, side note, we always tell our kids, like, every single snowflake is unique. Because it's a great, like, way for us to tell them that they're unique and everything else. I don't know that every snowflake actually is unique. Right? And part of it is I think that literally... What's happening in the clouds when it's created, like it takes the frequency and it takes the shape of the frequency around it. Isn't that a fascinating thought? Like it can take these shapes. Anyways, here's a difference between 432 and 440 megahertz, right? So this is the sound, and, and I can tell you some funny history stuff about 432 and 440. But we used to have 432, now we do mostly 440 with our radio and everything else. 432, look at that beauty of that, right? Like, did you guys, raise your hand if you're like, I know that the earth has a flag just in case we have extraterrestrials come, and then they're like, oh, that's earth's flag. You guys know that we have an earth flag? Anybody? You're like, what are you talking about? It looks like that, right? Which if you were to overlay that, on the earth, that's the ley lines, that's the magnetic ley lines of the earth. Isn't that fascinating? Am I the only one that's fascinated by that? I don't know. I think that's awesome. All right? So if you go back and you look at cells, right? So you have all these different kinds of cells, right? This is um, not a real cell. This is a drawing from a school book. I actually stole it off of Google Confession for those that are watching at home. Um, most of these slides I took from Google. Um, you know, this is more like what a cell would look like or a lot of times like this. Very, very frequently you have that hexagon, which is a cell wall for anything that is living, right? So your plants have a lot of your hexa hexagon, hexagonal ones that look sometimes like this too. So this is under a microscope. What does that look like though? 
Turtle shell, come on, yeah, it looks just like a turtle shell. Like, isn't that awesome? Like, the design that God put, like, I sit there and I think, man, wait a second. Like, as he was knitting these turtle shells together, like, is it taking the frequency of life, the frequency of, like, it looks like the exact same thing that you would put under a microscope, right? Like, here, let's put it next to each other so you can see the difference. The one on the right, instead of using water, they put sand on a drum and they put the frequencies through. Isn't that awesome how close that is? P.S. Side note again, science teacher. Did you know that so many ancient cultures would use that turtle shell as a calendar? Do you guys know that? You see those big ones in the middle, those big hexagons? There's 13 of them. And in a year, there's 13 calendar lunar cycles. And then all around the outside, there's 28 individual ones. And so there'll be 28 all the way around of all of these turtles that do the days and then the 13 in the middle that would do the months. And you look at me and you're like, that's just, like, God is like, hey, let me give you a calendar. Hey, you know what? I made the stars in the, in the sky to show you the times and the seasons. And actually, you know what? I'm just going to put it on the turtle so you can just look at the turtle. You know? Like he's got so many ways where he's like, hey, my fingerprint, my voice is literally going to make up life, life itself. That's awesome. Jesus replied in Luke 19, 40, I tell you, if these people keep silent, the very stones will cry out. You know, when we're talking about those hexagons, it reminds me of these basalt figures that like, as they are cooling, they are taking the, like, the resonance of life. Like, look at it. It's the same shape as everything else we're talking Here's a closer look. Is that not the same shape as the cell walls, as the turtles, everything? Like, it's fascinating to me that so many times in nature you can look and you can see the frequency of God. Isn't that awesome? Like, this is, forewarning, this is a, a rabbit hole that it's, it's entertaining, and I'll, I'll talk about it some other, no, probably not through here. But there, I went down this rabbit hole at one point where there's people that believe that all of your mountains used to be trees, which is a fascinating subject. I'm not trying to make that jump today. I'm trying to say, look, everything big and small seems to reflect the frequency of his voice. Like, look at this, a petrified stump on the left and devil's tower on the right, right? Like, even like, look at this, like, that's fascinating to me. You can find things that look similar all the way, like, that over there is massive on the left. In, in Tunisia. It looks like a tree stump, doesn't it? And then you look at like flowers, right? Man, you've got that hexagonal thing in there and like the beauty, the intricacy. I mean, we see it with bees, right? They make their honeycombs and it is this perfect hexagon, right? You see it in bubbles. You see it in pine cones. So like you're telling me it's in, it's in vegetable, pine cones, <laughs> pineapples. It's in pine cones too. I'll get to that slide. I was just ahead. She stole my thunder. That's right. I got you with the next one. Giraffes. You know what? When I went to Africa the first time, I said to myself, I'm going to see me some real African animals, not in a zoo. And I started driving around with some of my friends, and we went to this area. I saw some giraffes. They did not look like that. They looked like this. I was like, wait, wait a second. I have been, like, I'm a teacher. I have never seen a black giraffe. There are black giraffes? Are you kidding me? It's okay. They still have the hexagonal stuff. It's just a different breed of giraffe. But I was like, what in the world? That's so cool. 
Like, here's some flowers, pine cones, right? But don't they look the same as flowers, right? Partly, just FYI, those are like, man, how'd they get those colors? They painted them, okay? Not really that color. But the cool, the cool thing is, like, it's the same shape. It's the same frequencies. It's the same stuff that you can paint a pine cone and it looks like a bouquet of flowers. How about fruit? You can cut through fruit, and you can see some of the same resonances that I put up in that first slide, right? Like, can you guys see that? Isn't that awesome? All right? This is another one of those things where they, they did the water and your frequency, and I pulled this one specifically out because it looks just like this to me. Look at this again. Now look at that. That one. I fat-fingered it. We got there. Or some of these. Or how about this plant? Right? Like, isn't that cool? And you start looking at, okay, we've got shells that also look like iguana's tails, that also look like hurricanes. Let me go back. I went a little bit fast. Shells. Iguanas. Hurricanes. Right? Then you've got your pine cones. Right? And then you've got, like, the shapes of peacocks, right? But when peacocks put their feathers down, do you know what they look like? So he's put it in our food. He's put it in the animals. He's put it in insects. He's put it in the eyes of bees. He's put it in honeycombs. Like He's put it into stumps. He's put it into rocks. And he's like, listen, if you guys don't praise, I will use all of creation to praise. Like, did you know that the stars sing his praises? Like, if you were to ever look at the the stars, and I'm, I'm not just saying with the telescope, but, well, has anybody seen, I should have pulled this, maybe I will another time, uh, a star where they're watching it live, and it's like, it, it's emitting light, and it looks just like all of these other resonances that I pulled up, like the water. If you watch it moving, it is going from shape to shape as it's emanating energy, and it is the most fascinating thing, and there's a sound that comes off of stars that... Even the stars sing his praises, which is just fascinating, okay? And you're like, man, how many more slides do you have? A lot. Yeah. Kiwi, I do. He can verify. And I cut it down, too. Yeah, there's just so much. Like, I could go on for hours and hours and hours with the things that you can find that, like, carry the voice and the resonance of God, all right? You've got dandelions. How about snake skins, right? All right, some people don't like that. I'll move on to the star fruit. There we go. Is that better? Right? Like you cut an apple in half, and this is what you find. Right? Here's some more of those things. Right? All right, and then you go to a crocodile. Do you guys want me to stop soon? Isn't this awesome? You're like, when will this finish? All right, we got a snowflake. All right, this reminds me right here of a guy named Emoto. He was a Japanese dude. And this Japanese scientist, what he ended up doing is he took water and he did a bunch of experiments with it. Raise your hand if you're like, I've already heard this, I know this thing. Probably half of us, even though we've got like three hands. But I appreciate you guys, I'll act like you guys have never heard this. So Emoto, what he ends up doing is he did, he took some, some rice with water and another beaker with rice with water. He actually had a third one too that was his control that he did nothing with. But one of them, he literally said, I love you, water. This is the sweetest water. This is the best water. Oh, you're so delightful, right? And the other one, he said, you're the worst water ever. I hate you. I hope that, like, he just said all these terrible, like, death things to this one. It's like, man, what did that water ever do to you, right? It's like this massive thing where he had this 
this, this love on one side, this hate on the other side. And then over time, it looked a lot like this. This is somebody that recreated the experiment. And the one on the right actually, for him, turned into sake, turned like into this really good thing. And the other one, molded, right? He turned around and he started taking this water and he would, he would uh, put words on it. So he both written word, but also spoken word. And he did all these tests where he would say, love, 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 love. And he'd take the water, the same water that he used for all of these. He'd take that water and then he would put it under a microscope and he'd take a look at just how fine the crystallines were. There's thank you and there's I hate you. Like look at the difference between the structure of one and the structures of the other, the chaos of the other ones, right? Here's some more that he ended up doing. So there's thank you, there's wisdom, there's truth, there's eternal angel, I love you, peace, you fool, you make me sick, evil, polluted water before prayer, polluted water after prayer. God created through his word. He created through his word. And he created us in his image. Like, he gave us this warning of like, hey, be careful. Life and death is in the power of your tongue. Do you see that? Like, if we are, what percentage are we water? A lot. A lot of people say 70. Most of us are dehydrated. We're probably closer to 40. I'm just kidding. But anyways, like, we're still a lot water. Now, those of you that are in here saying to yourself, man, I think these things of myself. I say these things over myself. Somebody said this over me when I was a kid. Somebody said this over me recently. How many times do we absorb both negative or positive stuff that helps even shape even in the inside of us? Like, isn't that kind of weird? Isn't that kind of crazy? Like, I literally think that when you can pray over somebody, when you can bless somebody, that there's an actual shift that happens where it comes in alignment with his resonance. Isn't that kind of cool? Like, ah, man. Let me see. I got some verses. Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruit. Like, who here wants to eat the fruit of life? Me too, Isaac. Me too. Like, so frequently we are quick to condemn, to, to like feel the shame, to feel the guilt, to feel all the things that are of death, that are just bringing chaos inside, even to the cells inside of us, right? And here it is, God just creating things, Right? All scripture is God breathed. He breathed and was profitable for teaching, for reproof, correction, training, righteousness. The word became flesh and dwelt among us. That's Jesus. And we have seen his glory, glory as only son from the father, full of grace and truth and mercy. When I go back to Genesis 1, 1, 1, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Earth was formless and empty. Darkness covered the surface of the watery depths. In the upcoming weeks, we're going to talk about some of these other verses of that darkness, which is a fascinating thought. Like, have you ever sat there and thought, like, how was there a God that, like, Jesus in all of his glory, we don't need a sun in heaven because it's just bright off of Jesus. Like, the transfiguration, you see his brightness. How does a God of light create darkness? That's fascinating to me, right? Um, We'll talk about that another day. Um, God said, let there be light, right? He spoke all these things. But in the beginning, there was God. It is really comforting to know that he was there at the start. And Jesus was there at the start, right? It says, 
in the beginning was the Word, was Jesus, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And God created the heavens and the earth. Now, God was the creator. God is the creator of all these things. Now, when we look at all of this stuff, right, all of these things, we can say, man, that is so cool that we have all that stuff. Like, I lived in Sedona, and people would travel all across America because there's these vortexes of everything else, and there's these energies, right? Because they're at a spot where there's converging ley lines, right? When I was in Eastern Asia, there'd be all these Buddhist monks that would have these prayer bowls that they would go around, and they would have these frequencies. They're tapping into understanding that there's these frequencies that God has created, right? The problem is, the temptation is, are we going to worship the creator or the created? Because all across the world, people are seeing his fingerprints and worshiping the fingerprints instead of the one who has the fingerprints. Does that make sense? Like, we can hear him. We can see him. You can go in nature and you can see in every, like, if you're like, man, I can't hear God, I can't see him, go spend some time in nature and just rest. Like, all those pictures is just a drop in the bucket of the things that, like, carry his signature, like, carry his resonance. Isn't that cool? Today, my question, my encouragement as we move into prayer really soon is what are the things in your life that you've believed about yourself that bring death? That you need to say, actually, hold on a second. I need a different word. Like, do you realize, like, one word from God can shift your entire eternity? Like, it can shift everything if you hear God speak something over you. And you feel like, hey, you know what? I've been believing this thing about myself for 30 years, 40 years, 70 years, two years. 12 minutes, it's all too long. It's all too long regardless of the length, right? What things do I need to say, God, I, I need you to speak a different word over me and I need to be able to receive it. I need to, you to adjust me to your frequency because it's just like the, the sight thing, right? Like I look in the Bible and there's these people in here and it's not like you go from kindergarten to you know, middle school to high school to college and PhD and you know, when you get to this level of super Christian, now you can hear the word of the Lord. Like, when I first went on one of these mission trips, it was funny because I had been like, God, I want to hear your voice. I want you to speak to me like you spoke to the prophets. Like, I want to hear you. Like, I want you to expand. Remember that little sliver that I was showing you guys? I want you to expand it in enough for me to be able to hear and understand what you're saying to me. Like, who in here desires that? I do. I still want more of that. Like, I need that, right? And it's like, man, God... There's a sliver, and I want you to expand it. And it's not this, like, I have to work my way up, and finally I'll get to this place where he can speak to me that way. I was at this mission strip, and I was sitting there, and there's a group of us that were, like, praying and talking with each other. And uh, I had been a Christian for decades. And there's this girl that had just become a Christian, like, six months before, had never read the Bible, was like, I think God's telling me I'm supposed to go on this mission trip. So applied, and they're like, I think God's supposed to have you on this mission trip. So we're sitting here and we're talking, and she's like, whoa, 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 whoa. Dave, Dave, you're supposed to tell Zach something about Joel 2-1. And I don't remember the exact reference, right? And he's like, well, actually, I just was reading about that this morning. Hey, Zach, here's a revelation God was showing me about that. And we're all like, wait a second. She's like, is that like some like, cool preacher or something? Like, who's this Joel guy? We're like, uh, it's, it's in the Bible. Like, we'll, we'll get there. And you're like, wait a second. 
Like her day one, God's like, I'm going to give you specific words for things. Like, do you realize God still speaks specifically? And I think he wants to. And you're like, I don't know that I've ever heard it. Well, guess what? You're not unqualified. And it's not a matter of like becoming a better Christian. It's becoming more in tune with them. It's becoming united with them. And you know what? He gives different gifts to different people because it's his gifts, right? And part of that is because he wants us to work as one body, not only as a church, but as a collection of churches to be his church. So he's going to have us rely on somebody else, right? So he might tell Dan something that I need to hear because I'm too stubborn to hear it, but he can. And you know what? I need him to help me. I might need him to correct me, right? I might need him to encourage me. And God might be like, hey, yeah. That is sometimes what we call prophetic, which is the big scary word for a lot of people that are like, I don't know what this prophetic thing. Basically, it's just listening to God and just being the one to say, hey, you know what? Can I just pray this thing over you? God's been putting it on my heart as a blessing, right? Those of you that have any giftings with prophetic, you know what? Like, I encourage you in the season, like, you're released. All right, we're going to walk through figuring out some, some of the boundaries and expectations and communications because we want it to not be chaotic. But you know what? I need you guys to be ministers, right? I am not the only minister in this church. I need you to minister to each other. And that's going to be you listening to his words and saying, hey, you know what? Let me encourage you today. This is what God's got. He's got this verse that he keeps putting in my head. He's got this song that I keep hearing every time you walk past me. I don't know. Maybe, maybe you need to hear this song, right? I don't know what it is, but that is what he does, right? And it's crazy sometimes, but it's awesome all the time. Okay. In Romans 4.17, God gives life to the dead and calls those things which do not exist as though they do. Isn't that powerful? If he has created us to be his sons and daughters, I think he wants to give us the authority to call things that do not exist and make them come alive. Right? Like my encouragement to you this week, what can you do to bring life to the people around you? What can you do this week to receive his life through whatever method he wants to put his resonance on you? And this is why. Hebrews 12, 24, to Jesus, the mediator of a new covenant, and to the sprinkled blood that speaks a better word than the blood of Abel. Like, the truth of this is, like, it was Jesus' blood, his sacrifice, his fulfillment of the old covenant, that speaks a word that's a new word into us. He speaks a new covenant into us. Okay? All right, so what words have been spoken over us? What was he dreaming when he created you? My friend Adam Levine, I love the fact that he asked that of God. He said, God, when you were knitting me in my mother's womb, what were you thinking of? What were you dreaming of? Like, what an awesome question, right? Like, Jess, isn't that cool? Like, you've got a baby inside of you. Isn't that a fascinating thing? Like, what is God dreaming of as he's knitting your baby together? Like, that's such a cool thing. And like, and as Jess is sitting there, she, like, the life that she absorbs, her baby absorbs on her, her behalf, too. Isn't that, like, I don't know. That's All right. Heavenly Father, I thank you that your word shifts everything. God, I love that your word brings life, that your word literally can create the heavens and the earth and us and everything in it. 
And all it takes is you speaking it. God, today some of us need a new word. Jesus, I am thankful that your blood has given an option for a new word and a new covenant and a new life. God, I just ask that you would pour your love and your encouragement and your kindness through your body to each other. God, I just ask that you would uh, give us insight, give us boldness. God, may we have an increased hunger, an increased desire to hear your word, and may you fulfill it by speaking to us. Whether it's here, whether it's in the middle of the night, whether it's in a, in a quiet place, whether it's in a, a crowded chaos. God, open our ears, open our eyes, open our hearts to what you're trying to communicate to us. Expand that spectrum so that we have a, a larger frequency that we can absorb of what you're already saying to us. God, I'm thankful for your creation, but I'm more thankful for you, the creator. God, I ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen.